was. If you think you're working hard, really pay close attention to this story. Finding someone who knows more than you is the number one step to heading towards your goals. You gotta get around like-minded people who have the same goals as you. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to Shipped Across the Border Podcast. I'm Max. I'm here with my buddy, Chris. We're two freshmen at Madai University, and this is episode two. Today, we're going to be breaking down the differences between Canadian and American basketball. And to start off, I think what we're going to do is explain the difference between the skill differences and the physicality differences between Canadian and American basketball. So, well, you start. What do you think the biggest differences are? Honestly, I mean, there's definitely a ton, but the biggest one that I would say is probably just in basketball in general in Canada, it's a lot more fundamental based yeah, in, sure. in practice. There's less skill work type stuff and a lot more like team oriented type stuff, a lot more plays, a lot more like pass cover plays, moving without the ball. Mm-hmm. Whereas here, I feel like there's just like, I don't know, there's more, more flashy, yeah. more ISO, more pick and roll, more, more dunks. From even the guards, just like that overall athleticism, just a lot more like flashy. Yeah, I don't know. From my experience personally, it's definitely more of like when you get into practice, they're preaching like the really basic fundamental things, like put your head down, get your shoulder into their hip, move them out of the way, and then finish through the contact, that kind of stuff. Like stuff that they they still do that stuff in America, but it's definitely not as big of a focus. Like you're more worried about putting someone on Bleacher Report or um, overtime with like some crazy ass tween, 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 hezzy shit. Like we, there is that in Canada too, but like it's just not as pronounced. I don't know how to explain it. Well, I mean, that could also be due to like the influence of like AAU culture mm-hmm. and Bleacher Report, as you said, and like over time, I feel like mixtape culture has really influenced and like taken over American basketball because I feel like a lot of people play to get on a mixtape, play because there's somebody in the crowd watching or, or somebody in the crowd recording and they want to do something, they want to post their highlights on their Instagram. I'm even guilty of this at some point. <laughs> But, like, I feel like in Canada, there's a lot less media attention on basketball. That's for sure. Which is a whole different thing in itself that we'll get into. But it's a good and a bad thing because it kind of just changes the play style. And it's more, I guess, pure, more like... I mean, the ba- Canada basketball, especially in high school, they use, like, the FIBA rules, the European rules. Yeah, so that yeah, also yeah. has some sort of influence on it. Just more, like, team-oriented. That is weird. They don't do that here either. They like the shot clock stuff, the farther three-point lines, um, yeah. the FIBA rules and shit. That's really weird for Canada, but... Yeah, you can definitely tell the difference between, like, if you look at like, an NBA player that comes from Canada and one that comes from America, like, I want to use, like, Shea Gilgus Alexander as an example. Like, he's, like, really smooth. He's not going fast. He's not really trying to tween, tween, hezzy, and that kind of stuff. He's really just trying to get to the basics, like, yeah, get, get to, to the range. Yeah, like, he's not spots. trying to bust anybody. He's just a bucket. And, like, RJ is kind of the same way. Like, you can tell the difference between an American basketball player and a Canadian basketball player, especially at that level. Yeah, even, like, a guy who's a little bit more flashy, like Jamal Murray, who's yeah. a little bit more athletic. He's still, he's still not, a little weird though. Like he's not. It's, he's not ISOing people. Yeah. He's not giving people fifteen dribble moves into a step back. He's not the only person touching the ball. On and even when he gets a switch too, like all he's gonna do, he's gonna pull you out, and he might hit you with a tween into a step back, or he'll yeah. buy you. Like it's really basic stuff. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like it's just different. It's completely different. But the media attention, I think, is like something that we should like really want to focus on. It's like a really, really big thing because it's a pro and a con. Like with media attention comes more recruitment. It comes more exposure. It comes with more opportunities, but it also, I guess, changes the play style of 
the people. Yeah, see, I really don't have that experience because you went to school in Ohio here, so you probably have a lot more experience with the media and the big differences between Canadian and American. Yeah. I have that. I mean, my first three years of high school basketball in Canada, I'd say we probably had, like, four of my games recorded. Yeah, that's pretty much how it goes. <laughs> like, and they're also when we played against, like, the top teams in our in our district, or, yeah. like, when they were good matchups. But in, when I went to Ohio for my last two years of prep school, every single game our team recorded. Mm-hmm. And then there are people in the stands that were recording also. There are people taking photos. We used the film that our school recorded to post on Huddle where we had film sessions. Yep. We had like two or three film sessions a, uh, a week. We had scouts where we got other teams' films. It's just a lot more like see, media focus. I've actually never had a film day in my entire life. So when we do it here, that's going to be the first time I ever even experience that shit. Yeah. I, I know they do do it in uh, Canadian colleges too because I have a buddy who plays over at Fanshawe or he did play at Fanshawe. And uh, yeah, he had a film session, but I've literally never had a film session in my life. Definitely the higher levels, like the higher prep schools in Canada do that. But I think it's just more like, like public schools like are doing that in the U.S. Yeah, yeah. And, like, you don't really get that, too, unless you're, like, really, 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 really good. Like, Elijah Fisher getting that kind of media exposure and shit like that. Like, those kind of yeah. players are the only ones who are going to get exposed yeah, to Yeah, there is, in, like, when I was in Ohio, there was a lot of different media outlets. And there was actually a Twitter account that had, like, 40,000 followers that just posted, that made, gave awards out at the end of the season to, like, biggest comeback of the year. And they, like, looked into, like, individual athlete stories. So it was, like, biggest comeback of the year, rookie of the year, mm-hmm. MVP of each district. Then each district has their own, like, newspaper. So the one where I lived in uh, Willoughby, Ohio, which is in northeast Ohio, in, like, the Menor area, was mm-hmm. called um, the News Herald. And so they had some stuff about me, but they also had tough stuff about all the other kids in the, in the area. And they had just different awards. They made all district teams. There was all section teams. There was all state teams. There was different, just, like, different awards. And they, they don't have that, which, I mean, that also is motivating for, yeah. like, a young athlete to set a goal, like, oh, I want to be on the all-district team, or I want to be an honorable mention for all-state, or I want to be on the all-star team or I want to there's all-star games like there's not even that many like all-star game things at home yeah bro I've never even played in one but um yeah, yeah that, that you said that too that's like the pros and cons of whatever like when you have this much more opportunity it's going to come with this much more pressure and that kind of stuff too which in Canada I mean you still have pressure to perform but like it's it's not it's definitely different when you have like a high school game in Canada versus a high school game in here it's no comparison yeah there's I mean, also like just more fans like you'll never gonna, you're never going to see a coach a college coach Walking into a regular high school gym. Yeah, that's mad. To watch they don't have shit in Canada. But like, like I had multiple like coaches. Yeah. She's not gonna get that shit. Yeah, I mean, this, the recruiting style is just completely different. I feel like there's more in the U.S. College coaches are more gonna go after you. I mean, you still have to send a ton of film, mm-hmm. but I feel like it's more of a opportunity, and there's more of a chance that college coaches gonna end up in the same gym as you watching your games. Because I, I definitely know there's a bunch of some from me, some for other kids on the court, some for other kids in the tournament, or other kids in the game. They're, they're definitely college coaches, but I don't think I ever had a single college coach watch one of my high school games while I played in Canada. No, I, def- I definitely didn't have one, and uh, yeah, that's why, like, in Canada, you definitely have to put yourself out there more. Like, I mean, that also goes to the exposure part, too, because, like, if there's no exposure and no one knows who you are, no coach is going to go to your game unless, like, uh, they randomly end up there. Or you're playing against some dummy competition, or which is more likely in America, too. Yeah. So, like, in just pretty much every sense of the thing, it's easier to get noticed in uh, the U.S., but then if we go to the pro side of Canada, it's like... If you're really putting yourself out there and you're really doing the work and you're actually really good at the sport, you'll have much more um, opportunity to play for better schools and more minutes. And overall, that can end up making you into a better player. Yeah, so I, I guess like, there's, yeah. there's pros and cons to both sides. I feel like when a Canadian comes to the U.S., like, they never really, like, 
sit. Like, they get playing time. They yeah. fit well into a system. Well, that's what happens when you get the basics. Like, every coach yeah. is looking for a guy who can do something really, really, really well. So if you're from Canada and you're used to being just a three-point shooter, like, you're going to be a really, 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 really good three-point shooter. Like, that's pretty much your job. And if you come down to America, that doesn't change. Like, yeah. yeah. And that translates really well into the higher levels, too, because since Canada's not really that flashy, like... You get on highlight reels, like, I played in NPH, which is North Pole Hoops, for those of you that don't know, and uh, they have this Instagram account, and they really wouldn't put, like, a lot of flashy stuff on film. It was just, like, if a guy dropped 30 points and you watched all of his buckets, it was, like, catch off the rip into a mid-range, catch off the rip into this. It was really, really basic stuff, and that translates really, really well into higher levels of basketball. For sure, because, like, there's, it's very, very rare that, especially the level that we're at, playing college basketball... You're gonna be come in and be the guy where you're taking fifteen dribbles into a step back three, or you're taking transition threes, or you're. There's a few of those guys, for, but like, there's definitely a few of those, and every team probably has one or two guys who have like the coach's green light to say, and like can get away with getting in their bag a little bit more. But the guys that are gonna be successful are the guys that play well in a system that know how to yeah. know how to execute like plays, but also like work around those plays, and. Just like make not make their own stuff as they go, but read and react to different situations. Like those guys are gonna be successful. I feel like Canada basketball really develops that That's side right of the that. game instead of just like training sessions where you're taking fifteen dribbles into a layup or into a dunk. It's because not every team has like you're not gonna be that dude. Yeah, to be honest, if you're listening to this podcast, the likelihood that you are that guy is probably very low in the most respectful way possible. You're probably not that guy if you're listening to this podcast. And we're, to be completely honest, we're not, we're not that guy. At least not yet. <laughs> we're not moving like at, that. At least not yet. Not that we can't do that. And at some well, point... You threw me in high school our, game. Yeah. I can't probably do that, but yeah. guys I are mean, here. In like, both of our careers, like I know at one point I was able in high school to have more, definitely a longer leash than mm-hmm. I'm going to this year. Like this year, I'm definitely yeah, just going to sure. be catching the ball and shooting open threes. One jewel pull-ups, maybe a floater, or finishing in transition. Like, that's my game. I know I'm not going to be able to... And that to, comes like, down to self-awareness, yeah. too. Like, you have to realize that coming up. Like, if you're trying to play college basketball, you have to understand that, like, the way you play right now, especially if you're in... Let's say even if you're grade 6, 7, 8, whatever level you're playing at right now, the likelihood that your game is going to stay exactly the same the higher you go up in the levels is zero. Like, you're going to have to have the self-awareness to adapt and change the way that you're playing based on the level of competition that you're facing. Because, like, only the best players in elementary can make, va- yeah, make varsity. And only the best varsity players play college basketball. And only the best college basketball players can play professional. And the only best professionals make the league. It's a very small pool of things. I think I saw a TikTok today, and it was like, there's, like, a 300 D1 schools in America. There's 300 D2. There's 500 D1s, and then, like, NI... Uh, IA and all that yeah. stuff and it's like the Junior percentage colleges. Is 3% of high school players get a scholarship and end up going to college so 60 people make the league per year 60 yeah, it's a low 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 percentage and it's only those guys who have mastered one thing and gotten really really well at them and adapted and, and I think that also comes down to luck like you're gonna have to get pretty lucky to be like I got lucky as fuck I'm in a situation that like I earned it but also I got completely lucky with the way things went and how I got a message from one coach and just Things fall into place if you work really hard. That's what I'm trying to say. I think another thing that really, like, takes up the level of American basketball as opposed to Canadian basketball is just the emphasis on the weight room. Like, when I played in Canada, we definitely, we did not, like, I mean, I worked out and some of my teammates lifted, but there was no culture where your whole team lifts together. There was no emphasis on the weight room. There was even a lot less emphasis on conditioning. Mm -hmm. But my first year in prep school... We lifted like four to six times a week and we learned, we just like learned the basics of squat, bench press, front squat, front squat, lunges, 
just all the basic and just built a strong solid base of strength and then just progressed over my two years there and i think that also really helped elevate my level of playing as well as mm-hmm. like my team's level because you can tell when a team doesn't lift yeah you can tell when a team does yeah. and you can tell when another player doesn't lift. i noticed that when i moved up from like my first year in aau which was literally last year and i went to nbh it was like the physicality like for some of you who haven't maybe you're coming from like my kind of situation where maybe you're coming from the country or you're coming from a small school and you've never really played against high level competition in like toronto or even in the states if you haven't really played high level competition like the level of physicality changes so so rapidly and if you're not ready for that like it can it can knock off your entire game like when i was coming to the games and i was going ripping to the middle and like trying to get to a layup and getting smoked and like i was looking at the ref and like just nothing like you just don't get those calls anymore and you have it, it over the course of a season you'll adapt but like you can tell the guy who's not played with physicality throughout his career like it's fairly obvious when he steps on the court it's like he's shying away from bumping into people or like he'll avoid certain parts of his game because he doesn't want to get hit or whacked and yeah that's yeah but that also could be why like bleacher report picks up on more american basketball that's canadian or like overtime because you have but also you have guys who are stronger because they've been in the weight room for more years you have a lot more guys dunking on people. You have a lot more guys finishing through tough layups through contact. You have a lot more guys with like a solid base of athleticism, which definitely, that's what people want to see. People want to see dunks. People want to see tough finishes. And there's more of that in the U.S., not necessarily because it's more flashy, which I definitely do think it is, but because there's a more of a solid base of strength. And so that just lifts the floor up type thing. Mm-hmm. You know also, I mean? people care more about sports in the U.S. too. Like, yeah. like we yeah, talked about the fans sure. already, but like even like, if let's say you had like a son and he was playing in a basketball game, like your aunts, your uncles, your cousins, everybody's coming up to see him play. There's like a sense of pride in America for having a good, like a basketball player in the family or an athlete in the family in general. Like, there's a really heavy sense of pride going to Jimmy's game or seeing yeah. him play. I feel like at home, it's also like, people are like, oh, you want to play college basketball? Like, what's okay, what's, be realistic. Like, what do you want to study? Like, what do you want to go into after that? There's a lot less just like, go after your dreams like yeah. oh it's possible and also because it's a lot i mean it's obviously possible because we both did it but it's harder but it's a lot harder it's a lot harder because there's obviously the less the less recruitment mm-hmm. less media attention but when i was in yeah when i was at home in toronto playing a lot less people at the games a lot less media a lot like even like obviously like my family like has been there for me the whole time but i feel like in the u.s your friends are all coming to the games. People, we have people like not only like local like news reporters coming to the games, but just people who live in the like the area of Ohio we were in who want to see basketball just come and watch our games. Like we had packed houses for a few big time games, like our playoff games, where just there was fans. Other teams, coaches who were playing future rounds came to watch. The whole just culture around sports. We have like there's like pep rallies. There's a ton of different yeah, stuff. Dude, it's not like that. I don't know if there's um, anyone listening to this who's playing high school sports right now, but. Like, that was my first difference between coming from uh, Canada down here. I had a, a tournament in Pittsburgh probably last year, mid-COVID or something, and we, we were playing in, I don't forget what college it was, but there was this high school team, and there was a football game going on when I went down there, and we went to the game, and that was, like, the first thing I noticed. Like, they had a jumbotron, their field's huge, there's, like, probably close to 800 people in the stands for a high school football game. Like, yeah. that doesn't happen in Canada. There's, no, like, I don't think I've ever seen over 100 fans for a regular high school football game in Canada. I mean, well, football is not very popular in Canada. It's a lot more popular here. Even in basketball, I just but, can't yeah. see the, yeah, the number of fans being that big. Another thing that I just thought of is when I... So this summer, I played in Israel on the Canadian national team in the Maccabiya Games. Which, so they were in Israel this year. And that was an awesome experience. But like, we played against Team USA, and you could just tell. Like, like they were obviously... They were the best team in the tournament, and they won. 
but we were playing with them, and we were the fourth best team in the tournament. But we were tied. We were actually beating them by one at halftime, and their all their players. They had D one players. They had players at Harvard. They had players at like Columbia. They had players at um just a bunch, a ton of different schools. Auburn, just a ton of different high major Division one schools. Really, really, really good players. All really, really good high school players. But you could tell the way that they played was a lot more. Influenced by American basketball mm-hmm. culture, which was flashier, which was more dunks, which was, oh, dunk on him, expose him, as were our team. We had a lot of talent. We obviously had less talent than they, than they did, but we were beating them because we ran a fucking ton of plays. We had, like, 50 plays, and we had a ton of plays out of each plan, a ton of reads, and we had 10 different defenses, and there was a ton of concepts. And at times, it was really, really confusing, but in moments like that where you play against a team and... They're not exposing you, and you're staying in front of them on defense, and they're not getting on transition and dunking on you to in order to like build their morale. Really good. And you're kind of like locking them down. It helps you build your confidence. And we ended up, we were beating them at halftime. We ended up losing because I mean, at the end of the day, things even out, and they're definitely a way more talented team than we were, and a way stronger team than we were. But we were banging with them just because the Canadian style of basketball, like our team, our two coaches were the coaches from University of Toronto, which are very established prog- uh, Canadian basketball program. And so we used a lot of their principles and a lot of Canadian basketball principles. And we took that to Israel with us. And I think we definitely held our own in that tournament because of the principles that were instilled in us during our training camp and that were instilled in each of our players throughout their basketball journeys. That's part of the reason why I love basketball just as a sport in general is like what you just said there. It's like hard work, um, IQ, and a lot of these things can even out on the basketball court when like in terms of talent like you can match someone else's level of natural ability if you work hard if you understand reads if you know your role really really well like all these self-awareness kinds of things like you can even out someone's natural ability which is not like in a lot of sports that's not the case like if someone's really just naturally gifted like there's not a lot of things you can do to even it out and that's one of the reasons why i chose basketball when i was like really young was like i looked at all the options that i had for sports that i could pick and just really pursue one and being six foot and not super athletic, like I looked at what I could do and I picked basketball because it was like putting in the work and all that stuff actually really shows in the basketball court. It's one of the, it's, it's one of the only sports where that's the case. Yeah. I feel like also there's just a lot more like knowledge about the future of basketball and like the future levels and the next level of basketball in the U.S., which also is another reason why a lot more kids get to the next level in the U.S. than from Canada. When I was in Canada, I knew absolutely nothing about playing college basketball. I mean, I thought I knew everything, but I actually, I knew nothing. I knew nothing about recruitment. I knew nothing about these camps or recruiting camps. I knew nothing about sending film on. I knew nothing about exposure. I knew nothing about watching film and cutting up film and putting it on iMovie and sending it out there. I knew nothing about NCSA. And then right when I got to the U.S., my coach wrote me a list of 15 schools that he thought that I would be a good fit at based on my academics and based on my style of play and based on what he knows because he was also a college coach at a few different schools and then we had a college counselor who was very well vast in the athletics of college as well as just regular academics who really really helped me and just the culture even like parents in the u.s yeah. like try and push their kids to like achieve their dreams and like play college sports more than yeah it's probably know. also like because like the how do i say this the the fame and stuff that comes with being a good basketball player is much different in the u.s like if you're a really, really, really good basketball player, even if you're just playing at a regular high school, like you are well known around the community in, in general because everyone sees the games, everyone sees you play, and you're much more yeah, respected yeah. than in Canada. It's not really like that. Yeah, but also like let's just not get lost. There are people that will never touch a college basketball court that can flat out hoop in Canada mm, that's and very are, true. just don't have the right exposure, don't have the right connections. But even in other sports too, like I'm friends with a lot of kids who play baseball, and I am 100 percent sure that some of these kids who play baseball 
can 100% play on the baseball team that we have here or other D3 or other JUCO or other levels of baseball in the U.S. They just didn't have the opportunity because of just the media attention is just not there. The exposure is just not there from Canada for sports in general, which I, definitely, I think is definitely like a big downfall to the culture of sports mm-hmm. in the whole country, I guess. Yeah, I was going to say too, like the, well, that's key, what he was talking about in terms of having like counselors and having people around you that um, can show you the right information and stuff is if you're listening to this right now and you want to play college basketball and you're living in Canada or you're living in somewhere where it's not, basketball's not like a huge thing and it's really, it's harder than it would be if you were in America, that's one of the best things you can do for yourself is surround yourself with not only like-minded people, but find a way to get into contact with people who have more information than you. So like things like NCSA, um, just networking with your teammates and coaches and all Even this stuff. Even on Instagram, just send out DMs to people on Instagram who you see have connections because yeah, people want to help you. That's true. And just creating a network, like that goes for anything in life too. Like if you want to do something and you aren't very uh, well versed in it, finding someone who knows more than you is the number one step to heading towards your goals. Like if you don't have the right information and you aren't surrounded by the right kind of people, then you're fighting an uphill battle from the start. Like connections and a support system in general is probably the number one thing outside of like actually being good that can help you play college basketball. Even if you are good too, like if, if you were just disgusting and ripping on everybody and doing windmills and warmups and everything, there's gonna be so much fame centered around you and your name and having to navigate that kind of world without a support yeah, system is sure. gonna be much harder. So there's no downside to putting yourself out there and getting a network of people to hold you up. And like that's, if you, if I didn't have like people who had my back, like back in Canada, who when I just, just I'm shipped across to a different country, I don't know anybody here, I'm playing a new level of the sport that I've been playing for a very long time, I'm working twice as hard, I gotta balance school, I gotta do all this stuff. If you are doing this all on your own, like you're making it harder it's for yourself than it has tough, to be, yeah. and it gets lonely. like. I think there's like a stat out there too that's like seventy five percent of college athletes are have mental illness or something like that, and that's maybe you. I don't know. I don't know if that's true, but yeah, it, it would make sense because a lot of them don't have a network and aren't close with people, and like that's another thing. Like your teammates, you got to get close with your teammates. You got to make friends. You got to get around like minded people who have the same goals as you. Yeah, I feel like when I would definitely when I went to the U S. I feel like my support system changed from just like my immediate friends who can't really do anything in my recruitment process, and obviously my family, but. Nobody in my family has ever played college sports. It's like the completely it different world for my parents. But as soon as I went to the U.S., I developed the support system, and that's definitely the only. That's like I'm good, but that's I can really attribute me being at this level not only of skill level but also just playing the opportunity to play at this like college basketball in general to my support system, because I had my coach. Well, actually, directly, my coach played against our coach in college, and my coach coached at. A college, uh, different colleges throughout the U.S. Your in Ohio. No, 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 no. My uh, Angels one. My prep school coach. Okay. Played against Coach Hack when yeah. Coach Hack was on Madai, and he was on John Carroll, and they were both like the two best players on their team. Yeah. He, they were both like all conference. They were they were rivals kind of. And so when I sent my email, my emails, which because Madai was one of the schools that my coach put on my email list, Coach Hack responded because he saw Coach Kerbis. He's like, oh my god, I haven't, uh, I haven't talked to Coach Kerbis. I haven't heard that name in so long. He called Coach Kerbis, had a, an hour-long conversation about me, and obviously Coach Kerbis has, has been in my corner for a long time, and he's been, he's been just like helping me throughout this whole process, and so he, and I'm I work my ass off for him, and so he had nothing bad to say about me. He had all good things to say about me, and so he, kind of just told Coach co- told Coach Hack the type of player that I am, the type of person that I am, and Coach Hack decided that he thinks that I 
and someone that would fit his mold of a player and his mold of a team and someone that he wants to bring in. So that's directly why I'm here is because of the support system that I built throughout my coach, uh, throughout my basketball journey. Yeah, I'll piggyback off that by saying like, I came from a really small town where basketball wasn't really a big thing. Like he, you definitely had more of a, you were definitely born more into basketball being in Toronto and stuff like that. So what I had to do personally, and if you're listening to this and you're in like a small town, like I've already said before, or if you're like not in an area where basketball is very prevalent, you're going to have to get out of there and put yourself in front of coaches and get around people who are knowledgeable the game, about, uh, knowledgeable about the game of basketball. Because that was the number one thing that I did to skyrocket my career and my learning was to if get you think you're working hard really play close attention to this story okay uh i what happened was is i was in a small town of like 300 people that's where i grew up and uh, i made the decision that i was going to go play basketball in toronto when i realized i wasn't going to make it at the current rate of success that i was having like, i was working hard but it doesn't matter how hard you're working if you're not working with the right people so what i did was is i tried out for two teams in toronto the first one caught me, and the second one, which was probably, if I didn't make this team, it was probably going to be the end of my basketball career, and luckily, I balled out in, in, in tryouts, and I was busting kids, I was hitting layups and whatever, and the coach pulled me aside, he's like, I want you on my team, and so I accepted, and I started driving two hours there, two hours back, every day to practice, and then extra on game days, so basically, I was doing four hours of driving every single day to just put myself in a position to where I could play college basketball. And I, when I got there, um, there was this guy named Coach Brad, and he was he immediately, as soon as I entered the gym, he dapped me up, and he like I was shooting around, and he came over to me, and he was like, doesn't have enough arc. And I was like, what? He's like, your jump shot, it doesn't have enough arc. And I was like, I don't know what you mean. And he started, like the second I got in the gym, he started critiquing my things, he started teaching me things, like just naturally. He just, he, he was such a great coach and a great influence for me. He's one of the biggest reasons why I'm here. And uh, yeah, it's like, that is the number one thing you can do to, we talked about networking, like just getting yourself around people who know more than you, getting yourself around people who have connections and putting yourself in a position to talk to college coaches and be around a high level of the game. And so, yeah, I feel like I said, I'm, I was driving four hours every other day or every day and then an extra couple hours to go to games. And that really uh, skyrocketed my journey. And that's really what put me on the map. Thank you. That's all we got for y'all today. Thank you guys for listening. This is episode two of Shift Across the Border. We'll be back next week with some more, some more gold for you guys. Possibly a guest. Possibly an interview with uh, some of our teammates or one of our teammates. Stay tuned. Thank you guys for listening.